Welcome, Welcome to Flicks and Giggles. I'm Amy and I'm Izzy and this is our first episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Before we get into the episode, we just want to say we stand in solidarity with the strike, SAG-AFTRA and WGA, so we will not be talking about any struck work. So today we're going to start out really simple. We're going to do kind of a get to know us and we're going to do movies that made us um, as a child, as an actor and as a viewer. And I think we're just going to get right into it. So do you want to start? Okay, as a child. Oh god, I wrote like eight movies. And it's fine. Okay, the first one, the most important one to me is Atlantis, The Lost Empire. I remember being a child and being obsessed with like Atlantis and I was really upset that it didn't exist. I was really upset <laughs> that that was a myth. But I feel like that really got me into like explorer, adventure, like movies. Mm -hmm. And also um, Milo Thatch and Princess Kida are both like my types in men and women. Yeah. So Milo, yeah. The little, little part. <laughs> the part in the glasses. The glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. My first one as a child is definitely tangled. Um, literally behind this camera right now in my closet, there is a Rapunzel doll staring at us from when I was like 12 <laughs> that I refused to get rid of because that movie did something to my psyche and changed it forever. Um, I literally have written down here personality because I think I based my personality around that movie for a good couple of years. I also have Kenny written down because if anyone watching this knows who Kenny is, he's my boyfriend, and he looks exactly like Flynn Rider, and I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> she manifested him right as a child. My next one is Lilo and Stitch. I love, I love that film. I remember, because I was so crazy about it, my cousins bought me like a really big like a huge stitch like bear and it was like this big and I was like I don't know like five or six so it was bigger than me and when it's I had bigger than you now <laughs> <laughs> okay Izzy and when I had to move to Canada because I immigrated here when I was like 10 I was really upset that I couldn't bring it with me like it was the one thing I wanted but we would have had to buy it as like own seat on the plane so so very practical. Also, I just want to clarify before we move on. These are not our favorite movies. Mm -hmm. So before anybody gets <laughs> up in arms about the fact that we're doing a film review podcast and we are saying like Lilo and Stitch and Tangled, not favorite movies, okay? Just, this is just things that affected us as children. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My next one is Hunger Games slash Divergent. And that's actually my last one for my as a child category. Oh my god. I have seven more. Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> pick a couple. <laughs> the reason the reason Hunger Games and Divergent is because they both came out in I believe either 2012 2013, mm -hmm. which means I would have been either 12 or 13, um, and I feel like that was pre kind of a huge push of like the strong leading lady trope, and I think both of those movies did it very well without going overboard or trying to push it really hard right. and making it like kind of you know sometimes you're watching something and you can tell they're trying really hard to like make it female centered or whatever and you're like oh this is a little I think Hunger Games and Divergent did that really well I also read 
Divergent, I think that had a lot to do with why it really stuck with me because I don't read books. Mm -hmm. So Divergent is like one of the 10 books I've read in my life. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I literally just wrote strong female lead done right. That's what really stands out to me in those two. Yeah, I agree. Also, I think it's kind of funny that that's like the ending for as a child, but that those were also the last kind of films in that dystopian era. Like yeah. there aren't any more like a lot more books or films that are kind of in that because I feel like those two did their job and yeah. anything else after that just feels like a copycat. Hunger Games is still like kind of my, as weird as it is because it's so violent, but it's still like a comfort movie. Like I will still binge the whole series. Yeah. Well, it's violent, but it's not like gory. Yeah. Like it's really not. Yeah. It's definitely made for like a 13 year old to watch. I guess sort of closing out mine. <laughs> this one <laughs> kind of goes in all categories for me. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. This series. <laughs> That's in my two. Again, I have a big love for like adventure, fantasy, films, because all of mine are literally like aliens and myths. It was those films where I watched it and I was like, I wanted so badly to be Elizabeth Swan. Like I, yeah, I watched it yeah. and I was like, I want to be a part of this journey that she is in. And then as I got older and acting became more serious, it was also like, damn, like I would, I would kill for a role like that. I think I just wanted to be a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was kind of it for me. I was like, this is sick. Um, my first one for as an actor is Frances McDormand from Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri specifically. I think that's the first time I've seen... I mean, she carries the bulk of that movie. You've never <laughs> seen it? Amy! I'm sorry! Oh my god. Okay, oh my god. putting that on the list. But we have to watch it. She... It's pretty much this woman... I'm not gonna, like, spoil. It's pretty much this woman who... Um, I believe her daughter either went missing or was murdered. Okay. I cannot remember, to be honest. And the police aren't doing anything, the city's not doing anything, so she puts up three billboards by her, like, the entrance to her town. The billboards are pretty much like, where's my daughter? Why is no one doing anything? Like, calling out the cops by name and, like, whatever. And I think it was a based on a true story, but also that could be a lie, and I might have just made that up. <laughs> and it's just, her performance is, like, I think it's perfect. I think it's, I think it's perfect performance. And truly, that was a, a one for me that I was like, I, I would like to do that. Because I think my revelation of wanting to be an actor came a little bit later. And whenever that movie came out, I literally don't even know. Mm -hmm. It's probably the year that that really like switched for me because she just did such a good job yeah and we're gonna watch, watch it, it. Yeah. <laughs> my first one as an actor is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind what a theme i've never seen it <laughs> oh, wow. okay so the story itself is like in this world where science has made it possible that you can like erase a person from your mind completely Okay. And two people had just broken up, and it is Jim Carrey's character and um, Kate Winslet's character named Clementine. So badly, after watching that, I wanted to be named Clementine so oh, badly. <laughs> Anyways, 
one of them finds out the other went through the process to erase their memory and so the other mm. person decides they're gonna do it as well but then you see the the beginning and the end of their relationship through the memories that he's trying to like escape not escape that he's trying to save because he okay. as he's in the process of erasing them he realizes that he doesn't want to okay. and it's like i don't know it's just one of those films where i watched it and i felt like it was like people that felt like they weren't fit for fit for love in any way or like they couldn't do it but still chooses to love and to fall in love and i don't know i'm a hopeless romantic <laughs> And then the performance, I feel like that was like, I don't even know when it came out, but I would say it was one of like those like the Manic Pixie Dream Girl tropes yeah. without it being like the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Like she just was this like girl that was chaotic and kind of broken and she was just trying to figure her stuff out. I thought it was like really well done. Okay, so we have two things to watch now. Let's see if you if you haven't seen my third one, I think we have a serious problem. Or my second one, I guess. My second one is Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs. We watched that together. Did we? We watched that in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> together. Okay, oh my god. Sorry, I have the memory the size of a pea. Mainly because I have a little bit of like an obsession with horror and thrillers and when I decided I wanted to be an actor. I also decided that I wanted to do horror movies and thrillers. Like, that is my main goal. Yeah. The interview scene with Jodie Foster in the, like, basement of the jail or mm -hmm. whatever with him, I was like... And you know how they shot that movie where they're, like, they literally go this close to her <laughs> face? Like, and you can see every emotion that she's feeling, like, in that moment. I just... I thought it was so good and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to do thrillers, I want to do horror, I want to be Jodie Foster in that moment at all times in my life. The scene where it's like all black out and the camera's like this yes. close and then it's like this like blue green light. Yeah. But then you see every single fear, yes. doubt, and everything is like yeah. in yes. there. Like into her pores, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was made in like the 80s so actually you can't because the camera was not that good. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, I believe you didn't remember I watched it with you. My Whatever, friend. fake friend. My next one is um, La La Land. Of course it is. And of course it is. <laughs> um, with Emma Stone. I just feel like, okay, first of all, I we are both theater kids. I yeah. love musicals, love musicals. And not only that, there's a monologue that she has at the very end when she's like, no, like I'm giving up because like I maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe it's like a pipe pipeline for me, you know, it's just not meant to be. Oh, every time I watch that, it breaks my heart. Because it's like, you relate to it, like the, the line when she says, like as an actor, she's like, I walk into the audition room and there are girls that kind of looks like me, but they're prettier and they're better, mm -hmm. and you just, you have that, and I don't know, this is, we chose a profession where we just have to prove ourselves over and over and over again, it yeah. doesn't end, and you do it for the love of it, and I feel like that kind of role where it's like she chose to go after her dreams over love and he did the same it's just so real yeah and heartbreaking and it was one of those films where i was like wow my next one is a recent one pretty sure this came out in 2018 was tony collette from hereditary the mom in hereditary 
again, me and my horror, the emotion, the way she kind of could change her face, you know, in those scenes where she is like crying and she's screaming mm -hmm. and it's just this like visceral reaction that she's having to her son. And it, it's those certain actors where you literally are like, in the scene before this, you looked different and somehow you have completely changed your appearance mm -hmm. just with pure emotion. And I think she does that so well, not just in Hereditary, but like that comes to mind for me. And that's how it happened, like in my brain. Mm -hmm. And that was also a big one into my like leap into horror and thrillers and just the, the things that you can do with that. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, horror movie, there's, there's horror movie tropes that every movie like follows and whatever mm -hmm. and a lot of people are like yeah it's kind of the same thing over and over again but if you really sit down and watch like the things that these actors can do within those movies I think it's really cool and she is one of those for me yeah and she fully embodies everything that she does yeah um this is like a little bit kind of off topic but you know how um in support of the strike some actors are like um doing like auctions and stuff where it's yeah. like oh you can bid to spend like a night with me in new york there was a fake one on tiktok <laughs> where they were like if you win the bid tony collette will yell at you from across the dinner table i would bet on that <laughs> right i knew i think i said it to you and i saw it and i was like yeah izzy would go crazy for this <laughs> Yelling from across the dinner table? That's yes. my dream. <laughs> exactly like hereditary. I'd be like, can you actually just give me notes on... I'll just do it back to you. <laughs> Tony, could you give me notes? I... I'll pay double. Just, <laughs> just tell me how my yelling hits. Literally. <laughs> my next one is a more recent one, I think. Um, Fleabag. Mm-hmm. I just... It's not a movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm <laughs> adding it because it's a limited series. <laughs> I have made everyone I know watch Fleabag, except this one except hasn't. But I've read the play, so I think that counts. Okay. I've done the original source material. <laughs> have you? <laughs> I'm, yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> um, I will let it slide. <laughs> but Fleabag is just one of those things where she, like, she wrote it, she starred in it, and everything mm. about it was just so outrageous, but like devastating and I just really gravitate to roles that have a lot like that have like a complete emotional journey where they start and they're like at the rock bottom and then they heal or the opposite mm -hmm. and I feel like this one just did that I feel like everything Phoebe Waller-Bridge did in this was not only was she able to like break your heart she was doing it with so much humor and I just, I think that's so incredibly hard to do, and I, I don't know if I could do that. And <laughs> I just, like, would love to, like, learn. And I think it would be such a challenge to, like, dig into a role like that, because there's so much. And not only that, I've, I've literally seen the show, like, three times over, <laughs> because I love it so much. I could just watch it. And every time you do, there's, like, more that you get out of it. And I don't know. I love it. Please watch it. Mine, I'm skipping this one because it's quite literally Pirates of the Caribbean. We already <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> so, my next is as a viewer, not as an actor anymore. Um, just as a movie lover. Mm. 
and I I wrote Grand Budapest Hotel and I kind of scribbled it out and but uh, hear me out okay <laughs> hear me out before you yell at me again I as a viewer for obviously the cinematography the Wes Anderson of it all but I don't know if it affected me as much as the other ones which is why I crossed it out but I just wanted to mention it because I'm still a little iffy on you know because I'm not I'm not a super like cinematography nerd yeah like I'm just like wow that looks really pretty right I'm like that's, that's so cool. pleasing yeah like to be honest I don't even know if it's good or not I'm just like I, like, I enjoy it I liked it my next one is Parasite um 2019 I hope we all watched it. Yeah. Good. Okay. Because it won Best Picture in the Academy Awards, and I'm pretty sure it was the first international film to win Best Picture. Am I wrong? Am I right? I think that sounds right. It came out a year after Hereditary. I'm already having my moment of being like, I just want to be a horror girly. That's all I want. Establishing herself. Um, and then this movie came out, and I was like, wow. Look at this horror thriller. I guess it's kind of a, like a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm winning best, best Picture, and everyone was talking about it, and I was like, this is just so good. I guess that kind of is as an actor too, but mainly, I think as a viewer, because it did so well, that I was like, okay, this, this genre can really affect multiple people, and it doesn't have to be stuck in this box that I feel like horror has been stuck in for so long. Mm-hmm. And I think Parasite really opened that up. It did. And I think A24 and all of their horror that they've been doing and Parasite obviously kind of started happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think they've really, like, helped each other. And I hope whoever did Parasite, because I literally do not know their names, does more. And I hope they do well. And I want to see them. They have another film coming out with Robert Pattinson. I think it's like futuristic. You're whispering. I don't know. Why are you whispering? I actually don't know. <laughs> Be in your voice. I missed that. She said there's another film coming out with Robert Pattinson. I actually don't know why I said it was Because you had pointed this out already. You were like, okay. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. Still finding me. And still finding my voice. Um, anyways. Mine was... Um, as a viewer, this one is, like, I wrote Studio Ghibli, mm -hmm. and I just, there's two, Howl's Moving Castle mm -hmm. and Princess Mononoke. Okay. I just love those. And I, I should mention Spirited Away because everyone has seen it. That was literally, like, the first animated film to win an Oscar and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And this first one I saw of theirs. Yeah. Same, I think. Yeah. But... I don't know, those two just really stuck with me and again, it was just like the way he tells um, stories but connecting it to like nature mm -hmm. and there was so much like heart and so much love in all of his films that you don't even get with live action sometimes. There's just like a whole creative uh, element to it that I really enjoy. <laughs> they have the same kind of feeling as like Grand Budapest with the wide I don't know it's animated, but like the wide shots. Mm -hmm. and, and you get the full like picture. Yeah, and their color schemes are very specific the same mm -hmm. way. Yeah, I. That's, that is mostly what I like about those movies, I think, is kind of the same reason I like Grand Budapest. Mm -hmm. 
but it's only half on my list. So <laughs> my next one is a movie slash another movie because I have the same feeling about them and I would like everyone in the room right now to guess the genre. <laughs> okay. Okay. I wonder. It's The Lodge and also Sinister. I've never seen The Lodge. I don't think it was as... I don't think it did it well, as well. But I remember watching Sinister and it was truly terrifying. Yeah. Like I had nightmares about it for yeah. days after. It's... The thing I loved about Sinister as a viewer was it was... I don't think Sinister was also like 2012. I'm pretty sure it's an earlier one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the thing I liked about it is I think they really dove into like that disturbing horror rather than like the jump scare like yeah. the only jump scare in the movie spoiler alert is at the very end in the literal last scene that is the only jump scare in the entire movie and to be honest they could have taken it out and i would have been fine mm -hmm. because it wasn't that kind of movie it was truly like a disturbing you just you don't even want to look at the screen kind yeah. of movie yeah um and i think it paved the way for a lot of other movies like Midsummer, like it's mm -hmm. not scary, but you don't want to watch. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's just disturbing. Yeah, the the entire story itself, the people that are involved in everything, yeah. is too disturbing if it were to be real. Yeah, and the context of everything makes it like bone chilling. Mm -hmm. But it's not like, oh, there's a scary one that goes ah. Yeah. I need to stop whispering, actually. <laughs> That's what I need to do. You know what? And it's not even like... You You know you talk like that normally, right? I know. You do. I it's do. You. I like go up and down and then I whisper a lot, so... <laughs> I just need to stop. <laughs> it's an ASMR podcast. <laughs> okay. No. Um, and then The Lodge, for a little background, it's... Um, it's like this dad who has two kids, he's dating this lady, and the kids don't really like the stepmom. Um, so he's like, oh, you're just going to go to this cabin, this lodge that we have. And he leaves the kids alone with the stepmom to, like, build a relationship or whatever. And then a snowstorm hits, and they get stuck there. And they're, like, running out of food, and they're running out of warmth, and... They kind of start to realize some things about stepmom. I'm gonna try not to spoil this because um, I think everyone should watch it. And she kind of starts losing it a little bit. How do I how do I describe this without spoiling it? That's a great question. <laughs> the way <laughs> I can't. I don't think I can. I'm just gonna say go watch The Lodge because I don't think it was as big as other movies, and I feel like a lot of people probably haven't seen it. Um, and then come back, and I will tell you. How I feel about it, <laughs> but I'm not gonna outright spoil it. I just don't think it's fair. But I will say it. It very much affected me as as a viewer. I really loved it. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Okay. We'll watch it and then I'll tell you. I'll watch it. Okay. <laughs> Three films. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my next one is Pride and Prejudice 2005 with Keira Knightley. I've also never seen that. Can you tell we really love Keira Knightley in this house? <laughs> Keira Knightley. <laughs> Um, Stanica. Yeah. <laughs> that one is just ah, Mr. Darcy, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's one of those films where I actually wanted to like do a period piece. Like, it was one of those first ones where it was like a romance, but also like enemies to lovers. Like, I love that trope. <laughs> 
everything about that film really like raised my standards for relationships. Um, Should have stuck to those. <laughs> If you would spend a single day with Amia, she will say enemies to lovers at least three times. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what conversation you're having. I don't want enemies to lovers in real life because that is toxic. And you know, I enjoy it in books and films because I think it's exciting. And I'm like, wow, look at that. Mm -hmm. Something about... Um, I don't know, falling for the other person after seeing the worst of them, just really do it for me, you know? Anyway, <laughs> but I don't want that in real life because it's not realistic and that's quite honestly toxic and half of them wants to kill each other, so. But yeah, Pride and Prejudice, I... It's, it's a comfort film. Everything about the way they kind of progress and build um, Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy's, like, relationship just... It's so cute. This is the fourth movie that I have to watch. No. <laughs> Yay. I don't have anything else on my list. Um, so if you want to do another one. I do. I would love to. Thank you. Um, I have two. <laughs> okay. One is any Greta Gerwig films. I mm -hmm. feel like all of her films... She just, she just really understands how to write like female relationships, especially like sisterhood or like a relationship between a mother and a daughter that I feel like I haven't seen. Like it is equally like cozy and it feels like a little hug, but it, it is also like, again, like just so devastating. Like Lady Bird, that relation, the whole relationship with the mom and daughter just like, ugh, tears into you. Yeah. And it's so honest. And then Little Women, like the the March sisters, just everything about them. It is like my favorite like Christmas time movie because it's so cute. And it builds you up and you're like, wow, they're so sweet. And then one of them dies and you're like, fuck. Spoiler! <laughs> That's been out for a long time. But I, okay, if I'm honest, I've never seen the movie. I've seen the musical. Okay, so I think that counts. Astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I, I was like, I've seen a musical, so I don't feel like I need to sit down and watch the movie, but maybe I will eventually. You should. I probably should. There's also something that Greta Gerwig does where she, I feel like it's like layering, like the lines. It's hard to do when you're actually like on set because they're always like, they always want a little break between lines, mm -hmm. like for sound sometimes, but like she does it in a way where they're all like speaking and it's like someone else is already coming in before the line finishes and there's multiple scenes where it's like line, 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 and they're like stacked and I think it's so cool but also like so hard to do because I yeah. think it's like specific cues. Yeah. But anyways, um, I would die for Greta Gerwig. Um, <laughs> if you ever want to cast me, I am always ready and free for you. Hey, Greta, if you're watching the first episode of our podcast, <laughs> please hit us up. Um, this is just begging for jobs. Literally. <laughs> um, and then my last one was Interstellar, because that was on my list for actor and as a viewer. Because I think Jessica Chastain's character in that was just... It's just so good. <laughs> like, I was really trying to find words. But it was also one of those films that I... Again, these are just films that makes me cry, and maybe that's how I, <laughs> that's how I like, categorize them. But <laughs> it was one of those films that I watched it the first time and was like, I think I got it. Mm -hmm. But then you watch it again, and then you find more. And every time, there's just 
like everything about that film I felt like was so different from any other like space film as well. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? I have <laughs> an, uh, mm, I have an extreme phobia of space, so I cannot watch Interstellar. You have an extreme phobia of space? It, yes. I cannot even think about it or I will literally, like I just can't, so I can't watch space movies. Really? At all. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actively avoiding. Kenny had this like VR headset and you, you know like Beat Saber where you what the music's playing? If you're not watching the video that might not make a lot of sense but um and there was one that was Cornfield Chase from Interstellar and oh. the visuals in that video game were so space-like that I it was really hard for me to even play that because I just can't do space. Oh. Yeah, so I've never seen Interstellar, so... But I can't put that on the list. I will not be watching it. <laughs> it's so good. So there's a planet that they land on where the whole planet is just ocean. So it's just wave after wave. And there's no land. It's just water. And they nope. found a real planet like that, nope. Izzy. No, nope, it, it exists. Nope, it exists. No, nope, I'm on the opposite end of that. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think space is terrifying. It genuinely terrifies me, but not as much as oceans terrify oh, me. I'm fine with the ocean. I, <laughs> mm -mm. Um, <laughs> but space, I think it's so fascinating, and I, I will watch any and every space movies. I just like to pretend that, even though I know this is not true, I just kind of like to pretend that like the Earth is the Earth, and there's actually nothing past that because I just don't want to think about it. <laughs> any films that we've mentioned that you haven't seen, I I hope you go and watch them. I will be watching some of the ones that I have not seen. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for tuning into our first episode. We hope you stick around. Follow us along on our journey. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Um, and you can also follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Flicks and Giggles Podcast. See you, See you next Tuesday! Tuesday.